What's happening, people? Welcome back once again to Chat and Pony with Paddy the Baddy. Um, been in a few different locations recently. Been in Chicago and then LA. Now we're in San Diego, but you couldn't tell we're in San Diego by the, by the room. So, as always, I want to... Jocko, you introduce yourself, fella. I always get people to introduce themselves. Cool. themselves. Uh, my name is Jocko. Um, I'm an American, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was in the military for 20 years. I started training jiu-jitsu in 1992. Two, 1993. So while you were still in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was definitely when I was still in. Yeah. Because I joined in like 1990. And so then a couple years into it, uh, I started training jiu-jitsu. And now I have a, a jiu-jitsu gym. And I read a bunch of books, talk about leadership. That's what I started doing when I retired from the military. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's me. So you, but you wasn't just in the Army, was you? You was a, a Navy SEAL. Oh, yeah. I was and in the SEAL like, teams. that's like next level. <laughs> Isn't it? That's like different caliber. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's good guys all throughout the military. You know, uh, it's it's the maritime, so it's like a navy commando is basically yeah. what you are. Yeah. So did when you were younger, did you always want to like get into that? Hundred percent. That's that. That's from when you were, from when you were little, you yeah. always wanted to be a yep. navy seal. That's all I wanted to do. Yep. That's brilliant. That you know. I wasn't. I didn't really know. I mean, I, I'm talking about when I was so young. I didn't know really anything other than I wanted to carry a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but everyone wanted to do that when exactly. you were young. <laughs> exactly. And I never had to grow up. I just joined the military and just got to carry a machine gun my whole life. So <laughs> it's It turned out good for me. But I didn't figure out what the Navy SEALs actually were until I was probably 15 yeah. or so. And that's when I figured out. And then they work in the water. I liked the idea of working in the water. Actually, because when I was a kid growing up, I liked the British commandos. And I had these little toy British commandos, and they had little rubber boats and kayaks. And I thought, that's me right there. Yeah. So the closest thing I could find in America was the SEAL teams. See, that's the opposite to me. I'd, I'd avoid water at all costs, mm. especially cold water. <laughs> so you're not doing any ice baths? You want to jump on my ice bath out there? Flat. I had to do one yesterday, and it was. I was like... Should have heard the noises out of me. Like people, people be like, he's not a fighter. How long did you stay in for? Don't know, but about a minute and a half. So I don't know. I'm not doing no ten minutes in one of them. Lad. How long can you do in it? About half, the half longest an hour. I've done is seventeen minutes in an ice bath. Yeah, I was in it for about a minute ninety seconds, and my legs, my feet were going numb. My feet were going numb. Yeah, I was getting well. told to control my breathing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> lad, it wasn't nice. The I thing don't is, understand how people do that and like enjoy it. You legitimately, you would get used to it over time. If you do it, if you do it regularly, you'll get used to it. It's never fun, but you'll get used to it. I promise. I don't know, you know. Reward yourself at the end with like a Twinkie or some kind of cake or something. Yeah, but that, that oh, them ice baths, they just. Like, I'm not scared of, like, nothing apart from, like, the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and, like, two-thirds of the world. Yeah, exactly. Man. That's what I mean. I'm not scared of nothing, lad, but when it comes to the ocean, lad, you don't know what's down there. It's a scary, scary place. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, when you go through basic SEAL training, yeah, the number one thing that makes people quit is the cold water. That's the number one thing. And it's here. The basic training's here in San Diego. But have you been in the ocean here in San Diego yet? I was in it in May last time I came. I haven't been in it in August. Well, how was the temperature? I had a wetsuit on as well because I tried surfing for the first time. Yeah. It's but cold. Yeah, it's it cold. was cold. I think it's colder now, isn't it? Yeah, and people think when you see California on TV, 
You think the water's going to be warm like Hawaii? Oh, it's far from me. No. It's what is the water warm in Hawaii? I oh, need yeah. to go there, mate. Yeah, the water's <laughs> warm in Hawaii. Hawaii's beautiful. Like, the water's I, won't, warm. I won't get in the sea yet because the water's too cold. <laughs> I just won't. Yeah, no, I believe it. That's, <laughs> that's what makes people quit. What makes people quit is the cold water. I would say at least half the people that quit basic SEAL training because of the quit cold. because they're freezing cold. That wouldn't surprise. I'd be one of them. <laughs> a question. So, someone told me to ask you, do you think I'd be mentally strong enough to do it? And I don't think I would be. You know what I mean? I think I'm too cheeky as well to end up saying, someone, shut up, you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If that's what you truly wanted to do, you'd do it. You'd do it. Yeah, you're right and there. as far as being cheeky and cracking jokes, that's a common thing. Yeah. It's a common thing in the military. It's even more common in the SEAL teams. SEAL teams is filled with a bunch of wise asses that crack jokes all the time, so... You'd fit right in. Yeah, it sounds it sounds interesting. Let me say that. Know what I mean? What's the biggest, craziest mission you've done then? You know the if probably, you can talk about it. Yeah, I mean? the the probably for me. Well, not even probably for me. The last deployment I did was in 2006. It was in the Battle of Ramadi. Ramadi was a city in Iraq, and it was just overrun by insurgents. And so I went there as a as a what's called a task unit commander. I had two platoon of seals with me. And that was a six-month deployment, very, very heavy fighting, and uh, definitely from a perspective of doing crazy things, that that was that was the one. Yeah, I, I couldn't even think about being in a war zone to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, I've I've cornered a bunch of fighters in 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 UFC and whatnot, yeah. and one thing I would tell them because sometimes guys get they start to they start to get scared because they're going to get knocked out or they're going to get caught in a submission. And I, one thing I would talk them through is I'd say, in Iraq, there was always a chance that you're going to be out on a mission and you get just blown up by a roadside bomb. You're, not do, you're minding your own business. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you just get blown up. And if you worry about that, if you focus on something like that you really don't have that much control over, look, you have some control. You train hard. You prepare for it. You think about what you do to react if that happens. But there's still a chance you get shot, you know, by a by a sniper that you can't even see. You get blown up by a bomb. That can happen in fighting. You know, you can get caught with something you didn't see, and that's it. But if you focus on that, it's not good. It's not good. You got to focus on the things you control. So you train hard, you prepare hard, and you go in with the mindset that you're going to kick someone's ass. That's how you roll. Yeah, I know that's how you roll. Yeah, that that's exactly <laughs> how I roll, lad. But it's great the way you're using little metaphors there, cross-referencing like obviously your past experience over into the MMA world. Because obviously some people aren't as strong as me mentally, and they need them little little things. Yeah. That's what I think is my biggest. That's my like my best thing is me self-confidence, mm-hmm. me self-belief. That is by far my best attribute. People always ask me what is it, what is it, and I just say me, me mental, me mental strength, and I'm sure that's the same for you. Yeah. Going through all the seal training and then all different missions. Like I, I'm just thinking about. I didn't even think of missions really. I was thinking about the training. How hard the training must be to become a Navy SEAL. I know the training to fight in the UFC is hard, but like army training, like Navy SEAL training, commando training, that's next level gear. That's yeah. yeah, and it's it's interesting what you say about being confident, right? And you got to be confident because if you're not confident, you're going to be scared. At the same time, you you know you're training hard, and that training is what builds your confidence. There's some people when they start to believe that they're you know they start to think, oh, I, I can't be beat, I can't be shot, I can't be caught off, I can't be caught in a submission, so they don't train as hard. And that's the wrong answer. You know, I've trained fighters where you can see they're overconfident, and you think 
this isn't going to work out well. So you got to have that balance between being confident when you go in the in the cage, like, oh, I'm I'm going to destroy this guy. But going up to that, you know, you got to train hard to be ready for it. And that's the same thing in same thing in the military. You know, you you could be confident. Hey, our country's strong. We got a great military, but we still got to train our asses off to be prepared for whatever comes. Yeah, you're not wrong, man. Like, I have like it's different where I'm from. Like in Liverpool, no one really wants to join the army or the Navy mm-hmm. SEALs or nothing like that. No one thinks, oh, I want to go and fight for Queen and country. You know what I mean? No one thinks that way. In America, everyone's dead proud to be American. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In my city, it's not like that. That's c- kind of crazy to think about because yeah. <laughs> your little island, you know, defended the, the world. world. Yeah. yeah, ruled the world and then defended the world from, you know, tyranny and darkness. And I mean, I've worked with I've worked with the Brits before. They're f- outstanding, outstanding, outstanding professionals. Have you worked with many scousers? Uh, <laughs> along the way, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I don't know if I could claim that I worked with specifically any scousers. Um, I, I I just highly doubt you have because it's yeah. just something. Like I've had someone on my podcast before who uh, Andy who got his leg blown off in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, or Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one, but. I spoke to him about it because, but he said it like you. He just wanted to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wanted to do it. He had to go through all the different sorts of training and that to get through it. And he done it. It wasn't like about going and fighting for Queen and Country for him. It was just the fact he wanted to be like a commando. He mm-hmm. wanted to go out there and do it. And he proved himself right. Why do you think the people in Liverpool feel that way about? Oh, it's just the past. We've got a pa- like a past with the whole country and the monarchy and the establishment. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. they don't like us. We don't like them. We <laughs> <laughs> <You> don't know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's that's. I don't it. know what state would be like that in America. I mean, I can't think. Well, I, I bet you have just people like that throughout America in yeah. different areas um, where, with the government, if the government imposes too much rule over Americans, we don't like it. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. There's no human beings that like to have. To like to be controlled, right, by by anybody. Yeah. And Americans are probably even more like that than normal because we, you know, well, we didn't, you know, you want to talk about people that didn't want to put up with the queen and with the king. Yeah, that, that's America. Yeah, that's America. <laughs> that's America. That's how we ended up. I need over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the most interesting table I've ever sat at and done a podcast, though, to be fair. <laughs> when you just look down and there's these sitting on the table. What? That's t- I was saying before, that's taking someone's arm clean off that. <laughs> clean. And yeah. just sitting there in front of me. Yeah, what happened was I, I put a picture up at some point of the ta- of a table that we were doing the podcast on. Yeah. We had like a knife on there. And then people started sending us <laughs> knives. And people have sent us so many knives now. And we just Some of those are like World War II. That I picked one there. this one up. Yeah. And I was thinking that must be a World War II knife because it had the weight of it. Yep. That must be a few pounds, that. Yeah, well, that's for that's what the Marine Corps used when they were doing the Pacific campaign, you cutting how, through the jungle. You see how thick it is. Oh yeah, yeah, hacking through bushes to get through the jungle over in the Pacific Islands. Like, that's proper weighty. <laughs> like that must have been like doing if you're chopping bushes with that, your arms dying after about <laughs> ten swings. The weight of it. Yeah. That's about four kilo or something. It's a good one. It is. Yeah, it's never breaking. Like give them the due. It's never breaking. Oh, lad, I've rented, rented the car. I don't drive, but the missus does, so she drives while we're here. And we rented the car, and we were we rented one new one today, and we were pulling it in, and she was like, "Oh, 
parking this big massive car, parking this, but <laughs> the spaces here are like twice the size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever drove in the UK? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the roads are very small. Yeah, like. Tiny roads and actually smaller cars, like, you know, diesel. All cars are diesel over there. Some cars are diesel, yeah. Like, you don't really have roundabouts, do you? No, barely. Roundabouts barely are very roundabouts. common in the UK. Oh, yeah. The other thing is we have a pattern here. If there's traffic going on to a road, you rotate. You go. It's like left goes, then right goes. Then left goes, then right goes. It's it's civilized. In England, it's just eh, everyone's trying to get in there. There's yeah. no mercy. There isn't like, that like could, here, though, no one will let you in. Oh, see, I so think if it's you're like, if you're on the motorway and you're trying to get into the next lane and you've got your indicator on, people just look at you <laughs> and just, just like, lad, let me in. <laughs> what have I done to you? I'm serious, it's mad, lad. People yeah. just don't want to let you in around here. Oh. Have you driven up around Los Angeles much? I can't drive, hmm. but last time I was here, a couple of months ago, we went to LA for the first time and Lord, I drove around there, yeah. yeah. The traffic is can be. Oh yeah, the traffic's ridiculous. Totally insane. Yeah, ridiculous. Why can't you drive? I've just never. Oh, you mean you don't even have your license? Yeah, no, I don't even have my license. I've never done it. <laughs> I've drove an automatic. Because what do you say? Um, stick and non-stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've drove an automatic. I've done lessons in one. Done about done about twelve hours or something. But then COVID it, uh, and the whole world just yeah chilled. The whole world just got put on cool down. So. I couldn't even carry on doing them. How do you get around in at home? My fiance. Nice. She's the chauffeur. Chauffeur. You could say. <laughs> but here, it's hard, very hard, because of how big it is. Yeah. Like, we got it up the other day. Liverpool could fit into San Diego like eight and a half times. And that's just the city of Liverpool and the city of San Diego. Never mind, like, California. Yeah. Like... Where I'm from fits into San Diego eight and a half times. It's ridiculous. The size of this place just it baffles me. Mm-hmm. This is just normal for you. You know what yeah. I mean? This is normal, like doing like forty minute drives down the highway just to go insane. Yeah. It's just mad. Yeah, like, it's like everything's bigger here. Yeah, every and it takes like it takes me fifteen to twenty minutes to pedal to the gym on my bike. Mm-hmm. That's like it's like four and a half five miles away. Mm-hmm. That's me every day, that's it. Jim, back, Jim, back. When you're here, it's like, everything's off the highway. I couldn't even pedal my bike to the gym if I wanted to, because I can't pedal my bike on the highway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's off the highway. It's very convenient, like, it's very, it's yeah. good if you drive, brilliant if you drive, but for people like, for peasants like myself. <laughs> you what do you mean, you've got a chauffeur? Yeah. Was, you're not a peasant? <laughs> yeah. I need to pass my test, though. It's just something I need to do. Is that something that when you went through the Navy SEAL training you had to have or did, did you learn it on the like on the job well I would say in America just about everyone yeah gets their driver's license as soon as they possibly can because it's more spread out yeah you know in England it's probably now if you went to a city if you're in New York or you're in LA actually the East Coast cities New York Chicago Boston you don't really need a car if you live in one of those cities yeah but if you live in LA you kind of need a car. Yeah. And the the public transport here, like the buses and the trains on in California are horrible. Uh, they, they don't get you anywhere. You can't. It's not like in, in London. 
it's faster to oh, take yeah, the, the tube. tube. It's yeah. much faster to take the yeah, tube. It's definitely, yeah. And New York can often be the same way too. You take yeah. the subway, it's going to be faster. In California, you try and take a train somewhere. <laughs> there's only like four stations. Like you can only go four places. It's ridiculous. So everyone, outside the big cities, everyone in America, you're going to get your license as soon as you turn 15 or 16, as soon as you're allowed to. And I think America loves cars. Yeah, like we love right cars. There. Love cars, though. Yeah, it's like freedom. Like, in England, it costs a lot of money for when you're a young yeah. age to insure your car. You've got to get a tax on it, insurance, yeah. all that. When you're doing that at 17, when you pass your test, it's expensive. Yeah. And gas is way more expensive. Oh, way more expensive. But we, I put $100 in that car before and got nearly 18 gallons, I think it was, something like that. I was looking at it like... Yeah. Back home, you wouldn't get nowhere no. near that. Like, yeah. nowhere near it. Yeah. Like I see it obviously because I'm online and stuff. I mm-hmm. see Americans complaining about gas prices, and I'm like, <laughs> "What? Yeah. Have you seen our prices? Yeah. Our prices are like double. Oh, yeah. No, I, yours is by the gallon as well. Ours is by the liter. Yep. So yep. we get robbed even more. Well, it's 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 insane. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of reasons in England not to drive. Yeah. But in America, man, you got to get your license. Well, most you get most a car. people, I'll be honest. Most people that I know do drive. Most of my friends, most of, but I'm just a spaceman. <laughs> I'm just. I swear. Well, at least you're not worried about getting a drunk driving accident. Oh, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not worried about getting points on my license going through red lights on my pedal bike, <laughs> cycling. I swear, it's crazy. Is that part of your training? Do you consider biking to the gym part of your no, training? No, no, definitely not. Because I, I have a little en- engine on my bike, so it's like oh, an electric bike. Yeah. I still got a pedal like, but it it takes a little bit of the workout. It gets me there faster. Mm-hmm. Like without the engine, it'd take me about thirty minutes to ride. Mm-hmm. It takes me like twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. How many times a day you go to the gym? Um, I'll, it depends. You know what I mean, sometimes I go there, there and back twice. Sometimes I go once, and then I go to go and stay in a different gym before I go home and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I have like obviously I have my MMA gym next gen where I go every morning, no matter what. I'll train for two hours in there every morning. Sometimes I have sessions there in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Other times I go to my boxing coach or my S and C coach and do things. But that's what that's what I do every day. You know what I mean? I go and do my MMA every single day. Yep. So if I don't ride though. The missus chauffeurs me. <laughs> so I've got it nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a professional, man. That's what you got to do. Yeah, That's it is. your job. That's your life. Uh, what what, what flavour do you recommend in here then, Joe? Uh, what are we going for? Orange. This is orange. You, you got to... This is like pink lemonade and this is mango. I want to try the pink yours. lemonade. There I think that's good Let's one. go for the pink lemonade. On the Jocko drinks here. Mm. So where did, where did all these come from? Where did you decide to start bringing out like your own... Fuel, protein, it happened, drinks, it, drinks. It happened kind of sl- slowly over time. So one of the first, actually the first interview I ever did was with Tim Ferriss, who's got one of the biggest podcasts. And I was drinking, I drink tea. Maybe I got it from my wife, you know, because she's a Brit. Yeah. But I drink, I drink pomegranate white tea. I was going to say, see, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fuck with none of that. None of that pomegranate tea, none what, of that. What do you drink? What? Just English breakfast tea. Yeah, that's that's what my wife drinks. All know? that Earl Grey in there. Yeah. What is it my wee. wife drink? Oh, I, can't, I can't think of the brand, but she drinks like a Yorkshire very... Yorkshire tea or something? Something like this. Tetley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but people kept asking me, what kind of tea is it? What kind of tea yeah. is it? What kind of tea is it? And finally I was like, I'm just going to make my own tea. Because I, you know, it was all... So I made my own tea. 
And I got, I think it was 10,000 little tins of tea that I made. And I put them on Amazon and I told everyone, hey, the tea that I drink is on Amazon and it was gone. Within seconds. So fast. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's cool. So I started making tea. Yeah. And then as I started making tea, uh, I joined forces with with some guys from a company out on the out on the East Coast called Origin. We make jujitsu geese. We make yeah. American made jujitsu geese. Um, and they had like a little supplement brand making supplements. And they said, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna make some supplements?" And I said, "Listen, I'll make supplements as long as we can do it in a way that they are as clean and as healthy as they can possibly be." Because there was a time where I was taking supplements years ago and a report came out about the supplement that I was taking saying that it had heavy metals, excessive heavy metals in it. And not only was I taking this supplement. You were I was, recommending it to other people. I, I was giving it to my children. Yeah. You know, I got four kids and my kids were drinking this protein shake all the time, all the time. And then I find out that it's got heavy metals in it. So I was, I was pissed. And so when they asked me, they're like, hey, do you want to make supplements? I said, yeah, I'll do it. But we got to make them like as clean as you can possibly make yeah. them. And I said, if we can do that, then I'm in. And, and so they said, yeah, we can absolutely do it. It's just going to, it'll cost us a little bit more. We'll make a little bit less money. And I said, that's fine as long as we're putting a good product out here. So like even this drink, there's, there's no chemicals in it at all. We, we, we pasteurize it like you do with milk. So you don't have to put any chemicals in there. It doesn't have like an overload of caffeine. You know, some drinks have... 300 milligrams of caffeine this is just like a cup of coffee yeah um so that's what i did and as as we started making things people want it turns out people want to actually drink stuff and eat stuff that's good for you and turn out to do good that's yeah. how it started like health and wellness is a big thing in the world now isn't it? Yeah. like no yeah. one used to care years ago when i was a kid <laughs> yeah it was like oh you're thirsty here have a coke yeah <laughs> i mean like 100 percent. that's how we hydrated right oh you're hungry here's a snickers bar I mean, the stuff that my mom would bring home from the supermarket was just insane, you know? It was insane. Just, like, that's how you get your kids to shut up, right? Give them a Coke and and a freaking Twinkie. You guys have, you don't have Twinkies. No, we don't have Twinkies. We have Coke, of course. Coke is universally yeah. known as the best thing on the planet. Yeah. Just putting that out there. You know what I mean? Coke is universally known as the best thing on the planet. But, yeah, we have Snickers. Okay. We have Snickers, you yeah. know what I mean? But Twinkies, no. And I've had Twinkies here, and I don't see what the, the big thing is about no, them. No, they're not that they're good. They're not that good. They're not that good. They're not that good. I don't know why Woody Allison ran around Zombieland looking for one. I think it's because, I think it's just the idea of a Twinkie. Because they're, they're, they couldn't be any worse for you. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no, there's no like, <laughs> there's no like real ingredients in that thing. It's just <laughs> What is it chemical. made of? I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> just it's chemicals. made of like chemicals. And so it's just this disgusting thing. <laughs> That people freaking chow down and have it all over their face and crumbs on their face. And uh, yeah, so when I was a kid, and I'm a lot older than you. I'm how old are you? I'm 27. Yeah, so I'm 50. So when I was a kid in the 70s, yeah, bro, they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't care what they were feeding us back then. Just keep them quiet. Yeah. Keep them quiet. Yeah. Eat that. Eat that. So yeah, you're right. Nowadays, people want to put good stuff in their body. They yeah. see how much of an impact it has on the way they feel, the way they perform. And so, yeah. Being healthy is a big deal, and being able to offer people stuff that's good for them is um, I'm stoked about. Yeah, I've I've noticed that even more so, especially in California. Oh, for sure, California. Everyone's like on a health kick. Everyone's jogging, walking, yeah. cycling, yeah. eating a salad. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then I'm just sitting here with a quadruple <laughs> burger from In and Out. How'd you like In and Out? Oh, it's delightful. It's it's amazing. Huh? It is. 
Yeah. I can't not get a four by four when I go though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've got to limit my visits. When my kids wrestled, they'd uh, after you know weigh in, make weight, yeah. wrestle all day, weigh home. It was in and out. They just want to get on that in and out yeah. train and just uh, power down. Yesterday we were driving home from LA, yeah. and I I fell asleep in the car and just woke up and I woke up and my eyes open and I just seen in and out. <laughs> just like yeah, today's a good day. Yeah, <laughs> today is a good day. It was nice. Uh, like that's what I mean. The food, yeah. I don't understand how people can be on a health kick in California because the there's the food. Yeah, it's just <laughs> how can you be on a health kick here? <laughs> I'm the opposite to that. You know what I mean? I see the food, yeah, like desserts I'm bad for. I love desserts. Uh-huh. But just food in general. So how far out do you start cutting? Well, the last fight I started like seven weeks out. So like seven weeks out. Yeah, so seven weeks mon- the Monday, seven weeks out. Mm-hmm. That was 88.8 kilo. I don't know what that is in pounds. I think it's yeah. like 196 or like that, yep. 197. Okay. And then obviously... Yep. Six and a half weeks later, on the Friday, I was one fifty-six. Mm-hmm. And how you feel the whole time? Sad. Good. Well, I mean, that one was a shorter camp. My last camp was a longer camp where I started like at like eighty-nine kilo, like ten, eleven weeks out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where I had a bit of a longer camp. Yeah. But that's normal, man. No, that's, that's not. That's what I mean. I only do. I only do it at like eleven pound overnight. Yeah. There's people out here doing eighteen, nineteen, twenty yeah. pound overnight. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> But just because I get big chubby cheeks <laughs> and a little bit of a belly lad, people like to take the piss out of me. <laughs> they definitely like to focus on it. I think because you enjoy it, man. They're jealous. Yeah. Maybe they're a little jealous. I think that is what it is, that they're all jealous. <laughs> it's like people, like interviewers are asking Dana's about it, lad, after, after fights when I haven't fought and that. It's like, what? What are you up to? Yeah. Have you ever missed weight? Uh, yeah, never at one fifty five. No, I have because I've fought, I've fought at thirty five. I'm forty five. Oh God! Because I I started fighting when I was sixteen, went pro when I was seventeen. So most of my first fights were thirty five. Mm-hmm. Missed weight, had to move up, and then forty five. I I missed weight once, but then kept making weight, making weight continuously. But then ended up that it was killing me the weight cuts oh, to yeah. make one forty five. So yeah. I had to move up. Yeah. Well, you're a big framed dude. Yeah. You're not a small guy. No, I'm not. So. I'm not like people still think to this day I could make 45 and I know I can't anymore. No, it's, it's physically impossible. That I, ju- would be like I'm, I, I don't just about make 55 because I've done, like when I've made 45 before, I've done 19 pounds overnight and it was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, like getting pulled in and out the sauna. Oh, yeah. Like people locking you in the sauna. Yeah. No, not even that because I just sit there in it, but I was like okay. on the floor just lying there like a cabbage. Yeah. Know what I mean? Just, just like that. So, oh, it was. That's not good. That they were like one. Of, it's funny that one. I always think back to what Adam said to Paul. Adam was my teammate at the time, but he's now like assistant head coach with uh, with Ellis. Um, he turned to Paul, our head coach, and went, "If he dies, it's not on me." Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? Like that's how. That's how heavy it was. Yeah. You know well, I mean? nineteen even, pounds even is a lot, especially for a for a forty-five. Forty-five. That's, that's I mean. a lot pounds, of weight. That's a lot man. of weight for a forty-five. That's a lot of weight. But how'd you feel in the fight? Oh, there's a there's a, a famous clip of me what went viral where Which I was one? I was sick in the cage. <laughs> that that was that fight. There you go. I done five fives, and in the last two rounds I was just surviving because I won the first three rounds and then I just felt my arms <laughs> die. It was just like, just like. Yeah. I turned to Ellis and Paul in the corner. I, I, I can't feel my arms. Yeah. It's like, 
<laughs> like it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're only cutting eleven pounds at night now, that's last a, oh night, yeah, that's what I mean. Eleven that's pounds. That's no factor. Just, that's, yeah. It's not. That's that's easy. And you still get to eat in and out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when I'm in California, I like, like my manager Graham always is on my case diet and I just, when I'm here, I can't. <laughs> I just can't, lad. There's just too, like, one thing I still haven't tried is Jack in the Box. Oh. Everyone keeps telling me how good the milkshakes are in Jack oh. in the Box. But I've never, I've never even been Jack in the Box at all. Yeah. Well, you should definitely hit it and experience Jack in the Box. I wouldn't say that, I mean, the Jack in the Box milkshakes, they're, they're good. Nothing. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. Someone, what's the other one I need to say? Jersey Mike subs. Jersey Mike subs. I haven't been there. That's meant to be good stuff. <laughs> I haven't been there. You need to go to Philly and get a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, I know I need one. to. Yeah. One of my mates lives in Philly as well. I need to go there and get a cheesesteak. Yeah, huh? and then you need to go to get New York and get pizza in New York. Have I've had some yet? pizza in okay. New York. Like I went to New York to do film Barstool stuff last. I I went to New York in 2018, and then I went in November for the MSG card. Yep. Yep. And I still need to do a pizza review with Dave. Like, oh yeah, that's right. What about steak? Do you like steak? Yeah, I love steak. Yeah, because like I I love steak now. But when I was growing, it took me a while to learn to like steak because when I was growing up, man, we weren't eating steak. Yeah, like, it was I too know much money. Mean. Like when I I didn't start eating steak until I was like later in my teens, and my dad had to get me to eat it. And at first, I was eating it with tomato ketchup. <laughs> Having it like well done and eating it with tomato ketchup. Uh, but then obviously as I got when I got to like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, my dad was like, No, have it like this. Mm-hmm. And my dad started making me at medium rare. Yeah. Where it's still got a little bit of blood in it and it's got flavour. Know did, what I mean? Did you go to Ho Dad's yet? In oh yeah. No, what's Ho Dad's? Ho Dad's is a uh burger place in San Diego. Yeah. And it's it's epic. I'll 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 give you the map. Yeah, I'll nice. tell you how to I get went there. to STK here last week, yeah. but it, it was nice. Yeah, but the queue was like the waste was ridiculous, yeah. and we had a table booked. It was quite annoying to be fair. But what was that other steak cafe we went that time? Huntress. Huntress. That was nice. In downtown w- San Diego. What are you eating when you're in camp? Well, I, luckily enough, I have like a um, a meal prep company, but mm-hmm, sorts okay. me out. They help me out a lot, like. Um, it's just stress free. So you know it's just I mean? stress free, and you're basically reducing your calories a yeah. bunch, and that's that. Like everyone always asks me, "Oh, bad, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it?" And I'm just like, calorie deficit. Yeah, freaking eat less and work out. Exactly, <laughs> eat less, train hard. <laughs> Literally, it's just hard work and dedication, and that's it. Like yeah. that's all you gotta do. Yeah. And the amount of people who are on me, oh, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? How'd you do this? And I'm just like, lad, just eat, eat less. <laughs> Like that's what I do. I try and keep my calories under two thousand a day, mm-hmm. and I'll burn a bit. I burn that as my rest and metabolic rate, mm-hmm. two thousand a day. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think is the most calories you've ever eaten in a day? Well, not this fight, the one before. I actually like recorded it, but I didn't record sauce as well, and I use a lot of like ketchup, mayonnaise, barbecue <laughs> sauce, and without even recording sauce. I had 10,700 calories. God. That was the Monday after my fight in March. Nice. That was like, what I, was, I didn't say, oh, today I'm going to try and eat 10,000 yeah. calories. You just... I just eight. ate that many <laughs> calories. And like four four, fa- four to five thousand worth of calories of it was chocolate. Jeez. Like so milky buttons, like th- dairy buttons <laughs> and that. Know what I mean? 
and then Snickers and Whisper Golds and Kinder Buenos. Do you think about that when you're cutting weight, when you're getting ready oh, to yeah. fight? You're like, oh, this is going to be worth it because oh, I'm yeah. going to eat like Because no I'm going to eat like Henry VIII. <laughs> That's what goes through my head. I'm going to eat like a yeah. king. There's one part of SEAL training, you they don't let you sleep for like five days, six days, five and a half days. And, what? Uh, they yeah. don't let you sleep for five and a half, six days? Yep, yep. You might get like a half an hour here or 20 minutes there. Like you'll fall asleep doing something and you'll wake up. So, but what I was that, thinking. That's torture. Kind of. That's kind torture. Of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are they getting away with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely crazy. It's definitely a crazy, a crazy thing. But what I was thinking about it, when I was going through it, I was just like, oh, it's going to feel so good to sleep. You know, when I get done, yeah. it's going to feel really good. So I can imagine you sitting there going, hey, I'm hungry right now, but in whatever. Five weeks, I'm gonna get on those yep. Snickers bars. <laughs> People always ask me like, when I'm on when it's weight cut week, is this the hardest bit? And I'm like, no, the hardest bit is like six, five, six, seven weeks out when you know you've got time. You mm. know you've got time, and you can yeah, I love that chocolate bar, or I love that can of coke, or I love that because you're so far out. You think oh, I can, but they will fuck you for yeah. later on in camp. Yeah. So that's why. I find that the f- that's the hardest bit. Like when I had my debut last year, I had my debut in September. So back in the UK, it was like the summer, a w- few mm-hmm. weeks before my fight. <sighs> and like the lad, like luckily the fight got moved from August 14th to September 4th, and it was half lucky that, mm-hmm. that I got that extra little three weeks because the, the summer in the UK started in like June, and everyone was in the gardens having barbecues, and I was mm-hmm. in the garden with the lads. They were all drinking, but. I'd end up like eating some pork belly and some chicken. and be like, it's all meat, it's all right. I'd wake up the next morning four kilo heavier mm. and just be like, oh my God. Like, it's that's the hardest part when yeah. you're like six, seven weeks out. Because yeah. once you get to like four weeks, it's like, boom, you're regimented. It's like, as you say, being a Navy SEAL, you wake up every day knowing mm. what you're going to do. When I get to four weeks out, it's a, it's a regiment. It's, I, I do it. I've already been doing it for four weeks. So it's sound. Yeah. It's the first two weeks getting into it, breaking old habits where I could just go in the fridge and go, boom, I'm eating that now, I'm drinking that now. It's just, it's breaking them. Because, <laughs> like, the, like, people will tell you that they go for food with me. I am a gannet. You what? I am a gannet. <laughs> you have never seen anyone eat like me. And you will have think, you, you think, you're uh-huh. sitting there thinking he's chatting shit. I've seen people have you ever done in America sometimes places have like food challenges yeah I've never done one of them you need to go to one of those places where they go so the only thing for me it'd be like the time limit if it's Mm -hmm. under like a certain amount of time but I can eat a big amount but I just don't like a lot of things as well so it's like no onions and that Oh yeah. yeah, I'm like that too. Uh, Also, because I kind of like we didn't eat a bunch of different foods when I was growing up. Yeah, so. I don't like a lot of fancy foods. Yeah, like that's why I was. That's why I asked you if you like steak because the only thing you're talking about is like In and Out burgers oh, yeah. and no. Coca Cola. And I'm like, maybe he's like me, just grew up eating crap food, and that's what tastes good to you. <sighs> yeah, when I was younger, we did go eating a little bit of crap food, but then ugh, steaks one of my favorites. Like, oh yeah, steaks up there. Like we went to that Mastros in LA the other day. The steak in there was delightful. Mm-hmm. And the creamy mashed potatoes and that. <laughs> hey, I've had some on my podcast. I've had some guys that were prisoners of war. Uh, one guy I had on was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for six years. 
for six years, all he ate was they would give him these little like balls of rice, and the balls of rice would have like wood chips in them, and maybe if maybe like little bugs in them, it was just horrible. But he said they would sit around with their cellmates and they would talk about food for hours and hours. They would just yeah. talk about like, I bet you that got do, them through it. What are we gonna have for Christmas dinner when we get home? And they'd go through every detail of cooking it and preparing it. That's what they did, man. I think you could be like that yeah. week five. No, it's funny because that's what me and Molly do. Oh, yeah. Me and Molly have sat there. Like when we had our debut in Vegas, we'd go back to the room. All the other people would be doing, or like our corner team would be doing stuff. And we'd just go on YouTube and put food eating stuff on. Molly like looks like competitions. she's... Molly looks like she's strong. Like, is she abnormally strong? She's strong for a girl, like, yeah. Because yeah. she went... Back in the UK, there's not a lot of women fighters. It's not, it's not mainstream enough mm-hmm. yet, really. So she has to spar with the lads. Mm-hmm. So she spars with like the one twenty five pound boys and one thirty five, isn't that? Know what I mean? She has to spar with them. So I think she has a little bit of an advantage over other yeah. girls she fights because she spars boys. For sure. Know what I mean? And yeah. there's a, as you know, there's a big difference. Not yeah. being sexist. Know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> there's a big difference between fighting men and fighting women. Yeah, yeah. She looks like she's strong powerful yeah, girl. Yeah, she is. For sure. Does she like to eat as much as you do? No, she likes to drink a bit more than <laughs> I do. <laughs> right on. Like, we, 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 we have a laugh and say, like, we're, we're like Ricky Hatton, oh, yeah. but spread into two. You know what I mean? Oh, like, God. Ricky Hatton used to, like, drinking <laughs> and bevying, but she does the drinking <laughs> and I do the eating. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's not as bad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good, yeah, because... Man, he definitely uh he definitely liked those two pathways. Yeah, he liked himself. both of them though, and I mean sure. and it, that that like ah fucked them up, but as I say, Molly likes a bevy, yeah. She mm-hmm. has a blowout after the fight and I'm the same. I have a blowout with my food, I mm-hmm. do. I like I can never like describe to people how much I actually eat. You, I can't really put it to you, everyone says it to me. When they actually watch me eat they go. <laughs> Are you still eating? It's like, yeah, I'm not full. You know what I mean, people are like, aren't you full yet? I'm like, no, I just don't get full. But it's got it's got worse over the past like year. So <laughs> why has it got worse? I don't worse? know. That's what I mean. I don't know. I've just got a bit older, a bit more mature, and I know that food's the best thing on the planet. <laughs> like food for me is just better than anything. It's serious. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that is. Like, oh, lad. I had COVID like, at the start mm-hmm. and I'm just glad it never took me taste because there's a few oh, people back yeah, in the UK yeah. who I know who like, I still haven't got my taste back. Yeah. Lad, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have my taste for like a year and a half, you know. Do you cook your own food ever? No, I can't yeah. cook. Yeah. I can't like cook, That's so another thing. Like, like in America, some people are so into cooking yeah. and they spend all day like getting the food all ready and getting the steaks marinated. We haven't got time for that. Yeah, one. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I haven't got time for that. You <laughs> know what I mean? I really haven't, lad. But my missus, my fiance, is still very unhappy with me that I still haven't cooked her a meal in our house uh, that we moved into like 18 months ago. Can you... Order something out. Yeah, I've ordered stuff. I'm still doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still putting yeah. food still on the table. You know I'm providing <laughs> food. If we were back in the hunter gatherer stage years ago, you'd be happy with it. You did your you know bit. I mean? yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done my bit. Simple as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when are you getting married? Um, next year. Next May. Is there a date on the calendar? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've no, got okay. a date all deposited and that paid. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost me an arm and a leg, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get through it. We'll yeah. get through it. 
Then you're gonna have kids and everything. Yeah, I don't have kids and that. Right on. I've still got stuff to do now though. Yeah, you know what I mean. For like, sure, man. Some of my mates have got kids. Like some of my best mates, you know what I mean, have got kids and that now. And just having a dog is yeah. hard enough going on on, on holiday. You know what 100%. I mean? I have to get my dad to look after the dog for about four or five weeks. <laughs> I don't know what to do without my dad. To be honest, no one else got like it's easier to get a kid minded than it is a dog oh, as well. People oh, are like, yeah, you've got the baby, come here, come on, come here. Do you want to mind Lenny? <laughs> Fuck that, no, keep him away. <laughs> just like, what? He's a dog. What, what kind mean? of dog is Lenny? An XL bulldog. Oh jeez. So he's like forty to fifty kilo. Is he well trained? No. <laughs> I wouldn't even sit here and lie to you, lad. He's not. <laughs> what I mean. He's not well trained. That makes it a problem. Your dad's a saint for taking this big basket. But my dad makes him worse, to be honest, because my dad just lets him do what he wants. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad nearly got barred from the local pub the other day because Lenny's just been sitting there chewing the bench. (laughs) Sent me a picture of him just literally benching mouth. (laughs) Like that, just chewing. I'm like, Dad, tell him to stop it. (laughs) Oh, I can't, son. I can't. (laughs) What do you mean you can't? Just tell him, no, naughty dog. Oh, I can't, son. He's got me wrapped around his little finger. Dad, go away. Uh, I I say, how's your grandson? Because he treats him like a grandson. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I say, how's your grandson? Uh, Swear, my dad in his old age is getting soft. He wasn't like that with me when uh I was a kid. Wasn't like that at all. Did your dad get you into fighting? Um, no, not really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, everyone always says that. What got you into fighting? I can't really pinpoint. I just watched Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida. Hell yeah! Someone put that on YouTube in the youth club, and I was like, <laughs> I need to try this. This yeah. is some sick shit. That was a scrap. Yeah, right and then boy. a few weeks later, I watched my first one live, and it was Rich Franklin versus Vitor Belfort, UFC yeah. 103. Yeah, and like, obviously, at our time, it, it finished at 5 a.m. and a I went for a run, went for a jog at 5am. Mm. I went to the gym about 10 days later. And I can remember the date I went to the gym, the 20th of January 2010. That was when I started training. I mean, as we were saying before, I didn't have no background. Yep. Like, that's what's great about America. Everyone has a wrestling background, no mm. matter what. Mm. They have, everyone's got wrestling. Yep. Whether they've got nothing else, they've got wrestling. Because yep. whether they've done it in college, they might have done it in college, but they've done it in high school. Or they've done it when they was a kid. Yep. So everyone's got that base. How, how old were you then in 2010? 15. I okay. just turned 15 when I started training. That's still like you got in there in time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 15 years old, you can still, you're still developing all your your muscular movement and all that stuff. So yeah. that's why you're smooth, you know? You that's why I feel like I can put it together better yeah. than most people can because I've only ever done this. I've never like done boxing or Thai or jujitsu or wrestling and then tried to fit it in. I've just done MMA as a whole. That's why I think I'm just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a... So people have different skills that they're good at, right? And sometimes people's skill is fighting. Yeah. And you seem like the type of person, and watching your fights, you seem like the type of person that's good at fighting. Yeah. And like Fedor was like that. Like you yeah. see Fedor would like take someone down but then knock them out but then choke them. You know, like he's going to do and he would put it all together in a way that back then was kind of it, it definitely yeah, no one knew what was no, going no on. No one really knew yeah. what, how to handle this. So you're like the modern, you know, you got the modern day where you're like you said, you're just an, a mixed martial artist. Yeah. And you can see when you fight that you're not too concerned about where it goes like, whoa. 
up, down, what? What do you want to do? Uh, let's bang. Let's yeah, do this. I don't mind. That's wherever the fight goes. I really don't mind. So people are going to see that over the coming years. But obviously, you've got to have crazy mental strength to be a fighter. But you've got to have, ridiculous. I think, even more mental strength to be what you what you are, lad. Like what you've done in Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? Like, But you wasn't just a Navy SEAL, was you? Wasn't like a commander or officer or what was yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I moved up through the ranks. So I yeah. started off as like... I was the youngest guy and the most junior guy in my first two SEAL platoons. And then over time I came up through the ranks and I eventually became an officer and moved into the leadership positions. And you know, as far as for sure, like listen, when you're when you're getting ready to go on a combat operation, you you're you're facing actual death, right? Like there's a there's a chance that you oh, yeah. Or one of your guys is going to get injured or killed. Like that's what people say to me. Oh, you put your life on the line, and I don't. I know obviously there's a chance yep. that I can. Yep. It's part of the chances. Seriously, yep. it's like zero point one percent. Yeah. Actually, going into a war zone and fighting, yep. there is a high possibility of a chance that you can die. Yeah. Like that's what people try and compare the two things to me. Some days when they're talking yep. about like, oh, and I'm like, lad, you can't compare them. No. <laughs> Honestly, there there isn't really a comparison. There isn't and at all. Because. Because guys that are going into combat are putting their life on the line. Guys that are going in the cage, look, you're you're putting your pride on the line. Yeah, you're putting your health on the line. You're putting your ego on the line. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're gonna walk out of that cage. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's been so few deaths in. Oh, don't think there's think there's been hardly any. There's been hardly any, and but the ones that have happened have been like really weird, bizarre. Yeah, in some weird organization that aren't well regulated. I mean, I can't imagine what could occur that someone would die in the UFC. The UFC is so well run. It's yeah. so well organized. Never happened. The standards are so high that, uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to die in there. But, you know, the amount of pressure that you're facing, you know, you're, you're going in front of the world and putting your pride and your ego on the line. That's a huge test. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you get nervous or no? No. Yeah. People always ask me this and. I give them the same answer every time. I've had this saying since I was 16. I said it when I was 16. What's the point of being nervous when you know you're going to win? Yeah, there you go. And it's just something I've always stuck with. And I've told a few people this. The only times I ever really have got nervous, I've lost. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you get the butterflies and stuff in yep. your stomach. But as soon as the cage door shuts out and the ref says go and we start walking to each other, that's it. Yep. Well, if you put in the work. Yeah. What you know, you're in there. That's what you want to do. I, I this is another thing I used to tell fighters is because they would get nervous and they didn't really know what it is. Sometimes they don't really know what that feeling is. Yeah. And I used to have to t- tell this to young seals, like going on their first mission, and you could see that they're nervous. And I'd say, "Hey, man, how you doing?" They'd be like, "Oh, I'm doing fine," because of course they don't want to say anything. Yeah, they don't right? want to say, "Oh, I'm they're, shitting myself." Yeah, yeah. they don't want to say that. So I'd say, hey, man, you know, well, let me rephrase that question. How's your stomach feel right now? <laughs> and they'd say, oh, you know, I'd say, hey, man, totally natural. It's totally natural for you for you, for you to feel like that. And what that is, that's your body preparing for combat. That's your body taking blood away from your stomach and sending it to your body so you can go and fight. And it's a good thing. Yeah. And once they understand what that feeling is, and they're like, oh, cool, cool. I'm a little bit nervous. That means I'm preparing for combat. Let's go. Rock and roll. <laughs> Let's go, motherfuckers. <laughs> but um, so obviously, if you've been in all these crazy high pressure situations and near death experiences, surely you you must have experienced some form of PTSD. <sighs> no, you know, because I know P- 
people in the UK who've experienced it. You know yep. what I mean? And they haven't done big major operations like yourself. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know about that. Um, listen, I lost some of my guys. I lost some of my friends. Yeah. And do I feel sad about that sometimes? Hundred um, percent. Do I wish that I could bring them back? Hundred percent. Do I dwell on it and and allow that to drag me into a mental place where I'm not doing something positive with my life? No, I'm not doing that. To yeah. me, that would be an insult to to my guys. To right? their memories. It'd be an insult to them to go through life thinking or to, to re- treat my life as if I, I'm not lucky to be here. Man, I'm lucky to be here. And those guys, all the all these servicemen and women that sacrificed their lives. They gave us a gift, and that is to be here, to be able to do what we want to do, to be able to freaking make drinks and eat In-N-Out burgers <laughs> and all these things that we get to do, train jujitsu. Like, this is amazing, amazing opportunity that we have. So, you know, I don't really think I have any kind of, uh, any kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. Again, does that mean I've never, you know, been sitting by myself and start thinking about the friends and that I've lost and, and missing them and feel sad about it? Of course, of course, man. You lose your friends, you're gonna miss them. Yeah. But I, you know what I tell a lot of guys about this is remember but don't dwell, right? You say you lost fights, right? Yeah. What, what are you gonna do when you lose a fight? Do you sit there and- And just think about that fight constantly and constantly. Well, I have, I'll be honest, I have done in the past and that's when I've had bad mental health situations when I've been sitting there just overthinking stuff what is out of me reach now. I can't do nothing about it yep. no more. Yep, and that's I guess that's my point. If you sit there and think about the past and think about what went wrong and think about what you would want to do different and what could you change and why did this happen to me, if that's where your mind is, that's not a good place. If you say, okay, you know what? Here's what happened. Here's a mistake I made. Here's what I can learn from it. Here's what I can change in my life and do better next time. What's what's down the road? Yeah, I think that's how that's how you overcome these. That's things. a brilliant way of looking at it. To be yeah. honest, like I've never never heard anyone talk about it in that sense. Yeah. You can't change what happened, you know. And f- again, fighting is a great example. People get caught. People get they make a mistake. I mean, you see, you can see UFCs where you're like, "Wow, that person's whole life just changed in that oh, second." Oh yeah, in that split second. In that split second, they made one mistake, or the other person did something really brilliant. Yeah. And there, there you go. They can either fall apart, and there's been plenty of fighters that have fallen apart, and there's been plenty of fighters that learned, moved built on, themselves and back up. built back up. So. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I try and do is yeah. learn what I can and try and try and live in a positive way. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. So when when did you end up retiring from like being a Navy SEAL? Retired. Obviously you'd opened the place <laughs> yeah, up yeah, and yeah. now Victory MMA and this <laughs> yeah. is one of the biggest gyms I've ever seen. You <laughs> know what I mean? This is ridiculous the size of this place. Yeah. So when did you end up retiring and then opening up the gym? I actually I actually opened up this gym while I was still in. Did so you? this gym opened up right at the end of 2007, 2008. It was January of 2008 was when we officially opened. We opened it a little bit before that because we were training. But uh, I retired in 2010. So we opened this gym, gym back in 2008. You know, Dean Lister, who's been my, my, my coach and my training partner, I've been his sparring partner, cornered him in the UFC a bunch. But we, we had been in a bunch of gyms around San Diego and we kept getting kicked out. Uh, <laughs> You know, we kept getting kicked out, and finally, I just said, "Hey, man, what you know? 
what do you think we uh we just make our own and that's what we did so we made this place and yeah it's there was a, there were some other gyms that were starting to be like this big, yeah, and have everything at it. Like you were saying, you know, sometimes you gotta go, gotta go to boxing here, Muay Thai there, wrestling there, yeah. Jiu Jitsu somewhere else. You know, we have everything here, which makes it really convenient and yeah. really nice place to be. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the like the Alliance Fight Team is here, yeah. So you know, Eric and his crew they they train every day at ten o'clock, and yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome place to be. This is an unbelievable city to be in, like San Diego. I love it here, lot. This is. Just to get the weather, like, <laughs> I think I've been here a good 12 weeks now, probably longer, all together, and I've seen rain once or twice, oh, and what you call rain isn't rain, what people from San Diego <laughs> call rain, it's not rain, you know what I mean, yeah. that's what we get on a daily, like, if that, if it rain like you call rain here by ours, that's like, oh, it's, that'll go off Wouldn't now. even think about yeah, it. Yeah, wouldn't even think about it. Where yeah. if it rains here like that, you're like, oh, get indoors, get indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, they, you know, you can read in articles where they say that San Diego has the nicest weather in the world. Yeah. In the world. It's just. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Serious. The like, temperature's nice every day. It's sunny most days. It's just, yeah, the weather here is deluxe. Yeah. For sure. Brilliant, that, you know. So just be anyway, before we move on to the Ash Party segment that I've started doing lately, what does the future hold for Jocko then? You know, uh, got a bunch of businesses and just all the businesses are pretty much related to trying to help people out, right? Yeah. So I got a leadership consulting company where we go and work with companies and teach them the, the lessons that we learned about leadership on the battlefield and how they can apply those in their life. So keep doing that, trying to spread that message and it makes life so much easier for people when they understand leadership at a deeper level. So there's that. Obviously, there's the supplements. Keep making good stuff that people could that makes people more healthy. Uh, making making all the clothing. You know, we make boots, we make jeans, we make jujitsu geese. That's really important to me because we're bringing manufacturing back to America. And when I, when I was growing up, manufacturing was getting moved overseas. And you know, we're, like where my wife's from in England, uh, up in Derbyshire. You know, they and up in that area, they used to have all the mines and everyone worked in the pits. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it all no. shut down, you yeah. know. And, and the same thing happened here in America with manufacturing. So in order to bring manufacturing back, you know, we're, we're rebuilding factories. We're bringing, we're literally bringing machines from overseas and bringing them back to America. So we're going to keep growing these companies and stay on the path and keep getting the word out. I love spreading the word of jujitsu and fighting because I think it's one of the best things in the world. In fact, I've written a bunch of kids' books, and so I yeah, the kids' books really encourage kids to do jujitsu. And I always tell parents that jujitsu is the most important thing you can give a kid, even more important than love. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just trying to get that out there because I think it's a really positive thing. Yeah, when I had the same as you though. Whenever I get asked, oh, what should my child start doing? Because most people want to get the kids into striking, don't mm-hmm. they? Boxing, mm-hmm. kickboxing. I always say jujitsu. Yep. Get them started with with the jujitsu, and it's the best form of self defense that you can have on 100%. the planet. Yep. Definitely, especially for little girls, I always say. Yep. Even more so for little girls. No doubt like about it. the best it. form of self-defense you can get. No doubt about it. Yeah, you saw my, you met, you met my two daughters. Yeah, yeah. They're in here wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu. It's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Get your kids training is. if you got kids. Definitely, you're not wrong there. But it, one day when I have them, when I have them, yeah, I'll have yeah, them yeah. saying definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started this new little thing on my podcast, lad, uh, called Ash Paddy. Okay. So people send questions in, so it'll be for you as well, as well as me, because cool, cool. we let them know the, what guests we've got on. Yeah, this one's from MN 
MN98LFC. So he's from he's from Liverpool. Okay. Asked Jocko how intense his training was and if there was moments where he thought he was going to give up. Of course he thought. Of course there was moments he thought he was going to give up, but he had to push through it because yeah. he's a chest. <laughs> uh, no, actually, even uh, better. No, he yeah. just didn't ever think ever once he was going to quit. No, I. They, they, I, I. Some people will say everyone that's going through SEAL training, yeah. thinks about quitting. Uh, I never thought about quitting, and I know a bunch of my buddies never thought about quitting. Yeah, like like we said earlier, if that's what you want to do, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. So. That's just what you were built for, then. Uh, this you know is, what I mean, literally, literally what I always wanted to do, and I got the opportunity to do it. You know, it'd be like you right now saying, "Oh, you know what? I'm not going to fight in the UFC anymore." Yeah, like, w- can you imagine saying that right now? No, definitely not. So there you like, go. That's all. There you go. I, I couldn't. Um, here's a good one, but I don't know how to say B U S S C. I'm gonna guess it's bussy <laughs> or bus. I, I don't know, but whatever. Do you think a, a military background is an advantage in MMA? Love seeing some of these former military guys making their way into the sport and curious on your thoughts. I think a military background is advantageous in anything that you do yeah. in life. I think having going through that, going through the 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 discipline that you get put through and the hard the hardships that you get put through, the challenges that you get put through in the military, I think that's good for anybody. Uh, the, the here's a real downer. If you're in the military, you're giving up you know, four to six years of your life where if you are going to be an MMA fighter, those are some prime years. years to give yeah. up. So, I mean, imagine imagine if you would have trained at 15, 16, 17, and then 18 you disappeared for four years or five years. That would not yeah. be good for your no, mixed martial wouldn't. arts career. So I think if you wanted to be a mixed martial artist, you you should focus on that and make a solid run at that. Give it all you got. Yeah. From when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. <laughs> and look, if you make it by the time you're 25, 26, cool. If not, then it's time to go in the military and try that out. So, and, and also, you know, in fighting, if you, don't, if you don't have that discipline, like you're saying, you go to the gym every day. Yeah. When you're in a camp, you eat the right foods every day. If you didn't have that discipline, you wouldn't be successful. So you're going to find that discipline that the military would have, would have instilled in you, or you're going to fail, and you won't be a fighter. I'm like both ends of the Richter scale, me, though, because I'm like proper disciplined, head screwed on everything, boom, 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 and then as soon as my hand's being raised and I walk out that cage, I am the opposite, yep, as yep. you can see by the cheeks. <laughs> but uh, th- th- I like this question. In, in turn, asked, has there been a time where Jocko has had to resort to hand-to-hand combat in an operation? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, all the time. So this is, uh, this is a question I get asked a lot. And the reason people are surprised by that is because they think, oh, that meant I was out of bullets and I was out of grenades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just you know, me against some other guy, like in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, like you know? and yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's not what happens. What happens is when you enter a building or you go to, you go to assault a building, you enter that building, there's people, there's people in there that are unarmed. Yeah. And you can't just go in and shoot unarmed people. And the women and children, you know, you can kind of communicate with them. And they're not much of a, they're not a threat. So you can kind of deal with them. But if there's a 18 to 55-year-old male and he looks like he's not going to be compliant, well, you got to make him compliant. And how are you going to make him compliant? You're going to use, you know, you're going to use combative techniques. And so, yeah, I mean... Uh, everyone that's been in on military operations in the last two decades of fighting 
You've had to put your hands on guys. You have to get control over them. You have to subdue them, submit them, cuff them, like all those things. So, yeah, and and for me, having a, a good experience in jiu-jitsu, in boxing, in Muay Thai, in wrestling, f- that was very beneficial. And if you're in the military and you're not doing those things, you definitely should. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Like, it, Here's one. Shannon Bailey asked ask how Jocko keeps mentally and emotionally charged. Is it a combination of exercise, eating well, sleeping right, letting out frustrations, etc.? You've half answered your own question there, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think definitely, you know, eating healthy, working out all the time is, is a pathway that you stay, like, energized, right? And if you're eating like junk and you're not training, you're, you're not going to feel as good. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, even when I eat right and I'm training right, that doesn't mean some days I don't wake up and feel like crap. That doesn't mean some days I don't wake up and go, oh, man, I'd, I'd rather lay in bed. And that's where discipline comes in because you know that what you need to do is not what you want to do. It's what you need to do. Oh, what fuck. you need to that's do is you need to get up and go. Yeah. Uh, kind of like when you're, you know, when you're in camp. Um, there's definitely days I've trained all kinds of fighters. Yeah. There's all every single fighter has a day. Yeah, wake up on a Thursday morning, lads. Yeah. After you've done three hard days <laughs> and you've got to go in and spar, do five fives with a gang of killers. You're like, oh, yep. can I be arsed getting out of bed here? Can I really? Yep. And that's what you got to. That's that, you just got to go. Shut up. Yep. Get up. And you know you're gonna feel better when it's done. Yeah. And you exactly. know it's the right thing to do. So remember what the reward is. And that should be enough to push you through. Yeah. So yeah, two more. I've got. A, I, I want to end on that one because it's a funny little question. But okay. This one first, a little means a little bit more from Doug Norton. Ask it. Ask Jocko what what he still would like to achieve in his life. Does he have a bucket list or perhaps something that he couldn't die without having done? Man, I always wanted to be on Patty's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh. Man, I, I I don't know. I've 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 been very very blessed in my life. You know, um, I I like you wanted to grow up being a fighter. I grew up wanting to be some kind of commando. And yeah, I was able to do that. I was lucky enough to be able to serve in combat. I served with a great bunch of guys, and that was what I always wanted to do. And so the rest, man, is the icing on the cake, as they say. My bucket list was complete. You know, when I retired from the military. Yeah. Now it's just all all good times. Oh, now, you're just, now you're just adding ticks, ticks <laughs> on boxes, boom, 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 boom. But yeah, I wanted to ask you this one last because this is a great, great question. If Jocko was making his debut in the UFC, what would his walkout song be? Uh, it might be Black Sabbath War Pigs. Yeah, it it would have to be Black Sabbath's my favorite my favorite rock and roll band yeah. of all time. So it would it would be some Black Sabbath song. War Pigs might be it, even though it's an eight minute song. Uh, yeah, probably be Black Sabbath. I know what you mean. There's a lot of songs like that, though, isn't there? Where the intros a bit too long, especially them old like seventies, eighties yeah. songs. Like the intros are too long. You're like, come on, just kick it, just kick it, <laughs> bum, and they just take too long, yeah. and it would ruin a warhouse song. Yeah. But um, yeah, nice one for watching, people. But yeah, tell everyone where to find yourself first, Jojo, um, and obviously shout your products out. Tell everyone about your podcast, uh, all your social media, and that. Yeah, no, really easy. I'm I'm at Jocko Willink on all social media. If you want to find out about anything I'm doing, go to jocko.com, J-O-C-K-O.com. That's where you can find all the supplements, the leadership consulting. I've written a bunch of books. Got to talk about that. 
I think I've written like 10 books or something like this. You've done that much in your life. You can't go over <laughs> it in an hour, lad. There's yeah, too so much there. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Jocko.com. Appreciate it. And awesome to talk to you, man. It's been it's been cool to watch your rise. And I can't wait to see how far it goes, bro. Yeah, my pleasure, lad. I'll have to return the favor one day when we get some more time. Yeah, but for sure. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for watching once again. See you next week.